This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Yes, it is the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you talking about all the news and happening surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. You can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can also find Subway to Shea on YouTube. This podcast is available on the HSP Network. Catch me alongside podcasts like The Bullpen with DA, The Third Floor Lounge, which covers the NFL and NBA, Sus Talk, and the return of the High Spot Podcast, which covers all things professional wrestling. So if you love wrestling, you're going to have to check out the High Spot Podcast. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash High Spot Podcast and make sure to subscribe today. Please also take a few minutes to write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show. You could do that on Apple Podcasts. You can go on there, rate the show, whether you want to give it one star, five stars. Hopefully you're giving it five stars. That's what we really want. And review the show. Leave a little comment. Let me know what you think of the show. Let everyone else know what you think of this show. That way, more people can come on, listen to Subway to Shea, especially if they love Mets baseball. I want more people listening in. And by doing this, You're helping my podcast climb the rankings in sports, baseball, and New York Mets podcasts. So rate the show, give me a five-star review, and that will help this show grow and get out there to the masses and masses of Met fans right there. So before we get started, I wanted to thank Mike Silva again for joining the show and being a guest last week. Mike Silva is the host of of the Talkin' Mets podcast. That's Talkin' with no G. We had a great conversation on where the Mets are and how they're covered by the media, especially following the whole Raccoon and Donnie Stevenson drama. If you haven't listened to that episode yet or you want to listen to it again, you can find it in my archives on all the platforms I've mentioned before. Thanks again to Mike Silva, and I'm looking forward to having him on the show again real soon. It's a solo podcast this week, folks, so let's get on with the show. I'm not going to break down every game this week, but I am going to touch on some points and some big issues I am, and I know I'm pretty sure you are, noticing and feel need to be addressed this week. In one of the Facebook groups I'm in, someone posted a question slash comment and said, how do you win seven in a row, then lose three in a row with Atlanta coming up? Well, it's a twofold answer, and here's why. Let's start right off with the biggest issue on why the Mets lost three in a row this past weekend to the Tampa Bay Rays. And the big problem, injuries here, injuries there, injuries everywhere. 
four out of the eight position starters in the lineup are on the injured list. Already we've had Brandon Nimmo with a finger issue, J.D. Davis with his hand, and now Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil are both on the injured list with hamstring issues. Sunday's game, what happened to both of them, I think it was the first at bat for Jeff McNeil. He wasn't feeling right, and right after the first at bat, he was taken out and they had to put in Patrick Mazika as a replacement. Michael Conforto also, on his first at-bat on Sunday, injured himself. He wasn't even looking like he was running that hard, but he came up lame. They took him out. Precautions, now both are on the injured list. They also join Luis Guillorme, who's been on the injured list for a while now. And last Tuesday, Albert Almora Jr. joined him when he tried running through a wall to make a catch during the Orioles game. Guys and gals, I've never heard someone hit a wall so hard than when Albert Almora Jr. ran into that wall. You want to talk about running through a wall for a team? Albert Amore Jr. did it. I was so concerned about his health and safety after that play. He didn't make the catch, but, you know, he tried his best. He told everyone he was okay when he was coming off the field. He's got a shoulder injury because of it, and he is also on the injured list. Now, as of the recording of this podcast, we don't know who is getting promoted right now, but I assume Khalil Lee might be one of the options. He was actually brought up once Albert Amor Jr. went on the IL, but they didn't use him, and they actually sent him back down to bring up Hager, who plays in the infield. Now, another option is outfielder Jonishwi Fargus. He will be an option as well to bring out. Now, John Heyman's also reporting that the Mets are in the market for outfielders, but it's slim pickings out there. You could go after Yasiel Puig, which someone tweeted to me earlier on today. It was at KCJB underscore pride. I want to give him credit for bringing that to my attention, but I don't really know if I want to deal with Rachel Luba again. The last time I thought that she was his agent, and after all the stuff that went down with Trevor Bauer, at this point right now, I really don't want to go to her for bringing in someone. But, you know, the Mets don't have outfield depth, and they need someone. So Puig is an option especially with everyone being on the disabled list right now. You had Dom Smith and you had Jake Hager in the outfield, both infielders. And then you sandwich Kevin Pillar, and you basically have one outfielder with two infielders playing the outfield on Sunday. Can't have that. You can't be playing undermanned, especially with three catchers on the roster. I don't feel the need for the Mets at this point in time to have three catchers on their roster. You have James McCann, Tomas Nito, and Patrick Mazika. But if you're not utilizing them in every game, what's the point of having them on there? What's the point of having Mazika? Now, I know he had some big hits or, you know, he had some big fielder's choice game-winning hits. And then he, you know, he hit his first career home run. That was his first real hit on Sunday. But we need infield help. We need outfield help. And with Mazika on the roster, you're only going to get one or the other. So that's why Hager had to go into the outfield. It's not enough. The Mets could have used Khalil Lee on Sunday or Fargus. So they're in a kind of a bind right now. On top of that, let's go to the pitching. The starting rotation is now without DeGrom, as you know, he's on the injured list. So now three-fifths of the rotation is injured. Carrasco hasn't started yet. Syndergaard is on his way back. We won't see them until June, July. DeGrom may come back at the end of May, or maybe next week. But right now, three-fifths of the rotation is injured. And on top of that, you put 
four out of the eight position starters in the lineup are also on the injured list, it's the reason why, one of the reasons at least, why this team lost three in a row after winning seven in a row. So what happens now? Well, it's definitely more reliance on the bench mob with Jonathan VR, Kevin Pillar, and Jose Peraza. You're going to get a lot out of them. Jose Peraza hit his first home run of the season on Sunday. Jonathan VR hit a home run on Friday night. They've been solid. Kevin Pillar's been solid in the outfield. But I worry that they may get exposed with too much playing time. They may get exposed. Now, they've been starters before in their career, but I feel like this is a little different. And, you know, even in the past, and the Mets never had the greatest benches since maybe like 2005, 2006. But, you know, once you play so many games starting, you know, it's going to start to wear and tear on you. And this team, this group, this bench mob is going to be asked to log a lot of innings, especially with these guys on the injured list. You only hope and pray that they can come through. It's great that they are producing, and I hope that they continue to produce until Davis and Nimmo and Conforto and McNeil return. But because of this, I'm issuing a call to arms here, a desperate plea for Francisco Lindor, James McCann, Pete Alonzo, and Dom Smith to step up their game. Now let's look at the 2021 stats so far. For Francisco Lindor, he's batting 190. 190. Three home runs, eight RBIs. McCann is batting 200. One home run, seven RBIs. Pete Alonso is batting 244, six home runs, and 18 RBIs. And Dom Smith is batting 246 with two home runs and 14 RBIs. Obviously, Pete and Dom have been most of the production from this offense this year. But you know what? We really need Francisco Lindor and even James McCann to step up. James McCann's got to be batting better than 200. His defense has been great, and Lindor, for the most part, outside of this weekend, his defense also has been great. But we need their offense. You know, it wasn't great beforehand, even with everyone in the lineup. We know. We know. They weren't hitting runners in scoring position. Guys, it's time to step up. The honeymoon phase is over. At least for me, it's starting to fade. And I usually give them until Memorial Day to get things going, but that needs to speed up. I know a lot of fans, they're fed up already. And I try on Twitter, talk them off the ledge, but some don't want to hear it. Some don't want to hear it at all. Francisco Lindor's leadership will be tested for sure within these next couple of weeks. This is what he was brought into. He was brought here to be the leader of the team. His experience, his playoff experience. Will he lead this team during the roughest patch so far this season? And obviously there's been a huge rough patch for this team. But this is the big one. Now we're starting to play teams in our division who are also struggling. The Braves, the Marlins. You got to beat those teams if you want to stay on top of the division. Those four, and especially Francisco Lindor out of the four, have got to step up their game. It's a call to arms. The desperate plea. You guys have to step up your game. We need your offense. You know, Met fans don't get on you because they think you're an awful player. They're getting on you because they have high expectations of who you are and what you've done so far in your career. That's why Lindor got that big contract. It wasn't for... 
what he's going to do for the Mets. It's what he's done already. Now it's time for him to turn that part of the contract into what he's going to do for the Mets from here on out. We need him to step up. We need McCann to step up. Him also. He got brought in here for the last two years of what he's done with the Chicago White Sox. And right now, his offense is more of what he's done for the Detroit Tigers. But we need him to step up for the Mets. Alonzo and Dom have been a part of the team for a very long time. They're the homegrown players. And I got faith that these guys will come through. They have to. They must. For this Mets team to stay afloat, to continue to be in first place, they need those guys. They need them for sure. Now let's talk about the pitching. My gut feeling here is that this bullpen game, this opener situation with I was a huge proponent of to change things up a bit. Right now, it's going to get overexposed. Now, the reason why I liked it was every once in a while you would use it. Not every fourth and fifth day now. That's going to kill the bullpen. It's good every once in a while. But when you have to utilize it every week, and like I said, every fourth and fifth starter with no defined role of a long man, at this moment, it's going to be tough. They tried with Joey Lucchese, and it's not working out. So it's time to switch gears. Maybe it's Robert Gazelman. He's pitched well this season. I didn't even want him to make the team because he's pitched so poorly in spring training. But he's pitched well. He's made me eat my words, and I'm thankful for that. So maybe he's the long man. Maybe Sean Reed Foley is the long man. He's pitched well outside of a rough game in Tampa. See, it's easier with DeGrom in the rotation to pull off this opener game. Because he'll give you seven innings. More times than not, he will give you seven innings. But he's on the injured list right now. So now you have to rely on Stroman, Taiwan Walker, and David Peterson to carry the load. Now, not every game, these guys are going to pitch six, seven innings. Stroman struggled on Sunday. Taiwan Walker has been the steal of the offseason. And David Peterson has been up and down every other game. But he'll show you why he belongs in the major leagues. He did on Friday. And we'll get into that game a little more later on. It's time for the Mets to stop being cute with this opener and bring up a starter from AAA. That's what those guys are preparing for, to be major league starters. So give them a chance. Jared Eikhoff has been in the rotation before for the Philadelphia Phillies. You have Jordan Yamamoto, who we saw pitch in St. Louis, and you have Thomas Sapuki. Give them a chance. And I don't mean to be a reliever or come in as a long man or come in during a bullpen game. Let them get a chance to start. Let's see what they got. The bullpen's going to be so overused if they don't figure this situation out until DeGrom comes back and Carrasco and Syndergaard. And what do you do with Joey Lucchese? I think at this point, you make him a lefty reliever like Aaron Luke. That way, you have two lefties in the pen. That's what I always wanted for the Mets coming out of spring training, is to have two lefties out of the pen. Steven Tarplay, who, you know, I lobbied for on the show and wanted to see him succeed, he just hasn't had it. It didn't work out. So let it be Luke and Lucchese as the two lefties out of the pen. Give Lucchese one inning. You gotta put him in a position to succeed. And for him to get his confidence back, throw him in one inning. If you want to throw him in when the Mets are struggling in a game where they're down by a lot of runs, okay, fine. If you don't want to give him a high leverage situation, fine. But the Mets need another lefty in the pen. Luke can't be the only guy. 
Lucchese needs to be put in a position to succeed. And that brings me to my next topic and to another reason why the Mets have lost three in a row. And that's Luis Rojas's managing. Rojas was clearly outmanaged by Kevin Cash this weekend. That's why they got swept. That's why they lost three in a row. It's not 100% of the reason. We already told you about the injuries and the offense. But Rojas made some interesting decisions. And the big one was how he handled David Peterson on Friday. Now, David Peterson was rolling, rolling through the Rays lineup on Friday. Through seven innings, was rolling. Then they bring him into the eighth. And here's where the issue is. And I've had this argument with Met fans on Twitter, or at least the ones that support Luis Rojas, the very small portion, because I know there's a lot of fans out there that don't like Rojas at all. Me personally, I had absolutely, positively no issue with bringing David Peterson out for the eighth inning. He deserved it. He earned that. And it's great for his confidence. That's someone brought that up to me on Twitter as well. That was a confidence booster for David Peterson. What he did on Friday night should help him and hopefully help this team moving forward. Here's the issue. When you have a guy that has never been through the eighth inning, you still have to get someone up in the pen. It's the eighth inning. The Mets are up 2 nothing. They're not up 5 nothing. They're not up 6 or 7. They were only up 2 nothing Off of a raised team... That can get you. Tyler Glass now is on the mound for the Rays. He's their ace. The Mets had him on the ropes. And Rojas's managing cost them that game on Friday. I don't care what you say. To me, that game was costed by Luis Rojas. Yeah, you bring David Peterson in the eighth inning. Now you have to have someone right at the start of that inning in that bullpen warming up. That didn't happen. What happened? David Peterson gives up a home run to Zanino. Also, maybe now we could take him out. Can't do that because nobody was warming up in the pen. So what happens? As soon as he gives up the home run, that's when they decide to start warming up Trevor May. Next batter gets a double. Trevor May could not have been ready after one batter. So they now bring in May and he gives up the tying run. So not only does David Peterson not get the win, the game is tied. They end up losing the game in the ninth. You bring in May, who's not fully ready yet, and he ends up giving up the tying run. This is managerial. I don't know. And, and I keep hearing, oh, this, you know, Rojas is not making this decision. Rojas is not making that decision. That's the analytics are doing this. If Rojas is not making any decisions, why is he the manager? Can someone explain that to me? Now, obviously, I do believe that he's making some decisions here. But these in-game decisions where I see Rojas and Dave Jowes and I see Jeremy Hefner, you know, huddling and, and making these thoughts... I've never saw Bobby Valentine do that or Terry Collins, or at least they never put it on camera of all them huddling to make these decisions and choices. Those two were always on the top step. That game Friday night, the Mets could at least have taken that game, but that game shaped the rest of the weekend. And no, I'm not going to blame Rojas for the entire weekend, but that Friday night game, that one's on him. You got to have someone warming up to start the eighth. That way, May gets a fresh inning to come in once Peterson gives up the home run to Zanino. He can get a fresh inning with no one on base, and then you go to Edwin Diaz in the ninth. And maybe it doesn't work out, but that makes the most common sense move to do. And I'm not the only one who said this. There are a lot of other Met fans on Twitter, and I know we're only fans. I'm telling you right now, I'm only a fan. I have no baseball experience except for watching the New York Mets on my television screen or at City Field 
But when you have Gary Cohen and Keith Hernandez, Keith Hernandez, who played in the game, questioning all these decisions, you know something's wrong. You know Rojas is not doing the right thing. And then when I bring this up, people are telling me, well, the Mets are not hitting. True. The Mets did not hit. But when you go from Friday's game, where they only scored two runs, to now you go to Saturday's game, the Mets are not hitting. Then why is James McCann the DH? You want to explain that to me? He's batting 200. Why is he the DH? Now, I keep hearing he is great with guys in the clubhouse, but that only gets you so far. After a while, that fades. That's how managers get fired. If they don't start producing wins and doing things that'll help this team succeed and win, that manager is gone. My big deal with Rojas is, will he put his players in positions to succeed? He did for Peterson at the start of that inning, but then he didn't take him out when he should have. He didn't put May in a position to succeed because May was not ready. When Edwin Diaz historically can't get out of an inning when he starts with people on base, why do you keep going back to that well and putting him back in? Joey Lucchese, all season long, he struggled after two or three innings. Well, what does that mean? Do you keep throwing him out there and trying to push that? No, you got other pitchers to do that. You got Gazelman. You got Sean Reed Foley. So put Lucchese in a position to succeed. Make him be the lefty reliever. Make him come in for only one inning. Let him, let these guys get their confidence boosted. And I don't think that Luis Rojas is doing that fully enough yet. Another thing, way too much shifting is going on. One play in particular was Randy Rosarain on Sunday leading off and they do a shift right off the bat. First player of the game, first hitter of the game, he is up to bat and they're already shifting. A routine ground ball to the shortstop that Lindor would have gotten, he doesn't get because Jose Peraza's standing right there to make a routine play to short. It's a little ridiculous if you ask me. You know, I posted and it's pinned at the moment right on my Twitter, Sports Illustrated's greatest infield ever. And I have that magazine in my office. John Olerud, Edgardo Alfonso, Ray Ordonez, Robin Ventura. Do you think they shifted as much as the Mets are shifting right now? From what I've seen, I feel like more times than not, The shift isn't working to me in the plays that I'm watching. So whether it's Rojas or the analytics department, they need to get this thing figured out with the shifting. You've already heard from Francisco Lindor in the offseason complain about all of this shifting. And look what it did to him and Jeff McNeil. Their positioning is off. And yeah, maybe they have to learn how to do it. But it's way too much. Not every play needs to have a shift. Well, thankfully... The Mets are still in first place. Now, if I told you the Mets would be in first place with four out of their eight position players on the injured list, three out of five starters only in the rotation, and DeGrom out, and all these bullpen games, and the offense not hitting with runners in scoring position, would you have thought they were in first place? I definitely wouldn't have thought it, but I'm going to take it. Every team is struggling right now. If the Mets could stay afloat until Memorial Day, whether it's stay close to 500, whether they're over 500, as long as they're, you know, within striking distance of first place. By Memorial Day, when these guys start coming back, it's going to be a one heck of a stretch going down the wire for the rest of this season. So I'll take this. What they've done so far, I'll take this. I just hope that they can continue to somehow find wins. You know, I hate to bring up the Yankees, but I think it was 2019. It was either 2018, 2019, where everybody on the roster was injured. Somehow, 
they stayed in first place. Somehow they made it to the playoffs. And that's because good teams know how to win, especially when their roster is injured. The roster construction for that Yankee team, whether it was guys from the minor leagues or their bench players, you know, they came to play every day and they played well. And so far, that's what we've gotten from the bench mob. And hopefully they can keep it up. The way the roster has been configured, the depth that the Mets have, hopefully with the change in the culture, hopefully this team can continue to stay in first place, stay afloat, beat on these teams that are struggling. You know, the Braves are struggling with injuries too. Phillies, they can't get out of their own way. The Nationals and the Marlins, all struggling. The Mets could take advantage of that this week, and hopefully they do. They need to play better. Some of their guys need to step up. Their stars need to step up. And the manager needs to make better choices and put this team in position to succeed. Now, my final thoughts before this train leaves the station, Harvey Day returned last week, and it was a success for multiple reasons. The fans were great. They applauded him. They had signs out there for him. I thought the TV side did well, showing highlights of Matt Harvey as a Med. You know, they had a lot of big highlights, whether it was, you know, Game 5 of the World Series, the 2013 All-Star Game, the matchup against Steven Strasburg and the Nationals when they were saying Harvey's better, him hitting Utley and the stare, which is um, one of my personal favorites. The Mets won 7-1. Harvey, he got tagged. A four and a third innings pitched. Seven earned runs, four Ks. I hope that Harvey, this doesn't derail him. I hope that he continues on, continues to get better. It just wasn't going to happen against our Mets. That's all. It just wasn't going to happen. And Jared Kalanick. He made his debut for the Seattle Mariners. As you know, that was the big trade for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano. Now, Med fans, how did he do? Well, honestly, I couldn't care less. And you shouldn't either. The deal is done with, and it's time to move on. He's not in our league. He's in the American League. That was an old regime trade, and they're gone now. It's time that we move on. It's time that we focus on our team, focus on our prospects that we have now, and let him enjoy his time out there in Seattle because I'm pretty sure that he won't be staying there forever if he plays very well. They won't be able to afford him. Maybe one day we'll see him in the Mets uniform. But don't worry about Jared Kalelnik. You're going to see people post a lot of stuff on Twitter and on all social media about him, and I'm pretty sure they're going to rub it in the Mets' face. It is what it is. Time to move on. Time to get over it and time to focus on our team that's in first place right now with a bunch of bench players. So let's focus on these Mets and let's hope that once everyone comes back that we are on the march to a playoff position, a playoff spot in 2021. Now before I wrap up the show, please take a few minutes, write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show. You could do that on Apple Podcasts. Rate the show. Give me five stars. Write a review. Leave some comments. Let me know what you think of the show and how we're doing. And let people know that they should be listening to Subway to Shea. So rate and review Subway to Shea. You know, let's keep this thing growing. You can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can also find Subway to Shea on YouTube. This podcast is available on the HSP Network. Catch me alongside podcasts like The Bullpen with DA, Third Floor Lounge, 
which covers the NFL and NBA, Sus Talk, and the return of the High Spot Podcast, which covers all things wrestling. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash High Spot Podcast and make sure to subscribe today. Well, that will do it for this week's show. Always remember to listen, subscribe, share, and review for Anthony Rivera. You've been listening to Subway to Shea, and always, always remember, let's go Mets.